This is food. This is beans. <laughs> so, Spider-Man No Way Home, Simon Eady. Woohoo! Incredible. Adrian Pinter. It has come out. It has indeed. And let me start by saying, this movie is everything I wanted from this movie and more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's surprising. And uh, just to be clear, this isn't a closer look episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, which means specifically that this is going to spoil the movie. I want to make that very clear up front. There are a lot of spoilers to be had. We are going to spoil the shit out of this. So if you haven't watched it yeah. and you don't want it spoiled, get out. Yes, just l listen to... Get the hell back. Listen to episode 77 of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast in that we review that movie. We talk about how much we love the movie, but we don't spoil anything on purpose because we know how easy it is to spoil this movie. We yes. don't actually talk about a lot of plot points at all in our uh, kind of limited review of it on episode 77. But I think that uh, we do a good job of trying to, you know, balance talking about it without, again, spoiling it. So mm -hmm. if you want to listen to that, you can. But otherwise, we're spoiling this. So just get the heck out. Okay. If you don't want to hear spoilers about Spider-Man No Way Home. Adrian, what did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home? And you can say whatever you want now because the spoiler gates are open. Simon, I freaking love this movie. I think this movie is just absolutely stellar. And it's the culmination of not only, you know, the MCU leading up to this point, but also Sony's Spider-Man movies from the past, from 2002 all the way up until now. The Tobey Maguire trilogy, as well as the two amazing Spider-Man movies starring Andrew Gar Garfield. This is a culmination of that. This is a redemption story for Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man. It's also just... Fan service galore, but done in a way that is so brilliant and so well, just just so well done in comparison to a shit movie like Rise of the Skywalker, which is fan servicey in all the wrong ways. This movie does it right, and it brings everything together in in such a way that just brings me so much joy and happiness. That again, I finished watching that movie thinking to myself, I don't deserve something this good. And I am so <laughs> wow. goddamn happy I got to experience this. We don't deserve the MCU. And getting something like this is 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 just beyond my comprehension, honestly. And I, again, I mentioned this on episode 77. I will be chasing this high for so long, for so goddamn long. And I'm so glad, again, that I got to feel that high in that movie theater. What do you think, my friend? Well, that, that's, that was a really well... That was really well put, I feel like. Uh, I, again, I just feel like I, I've kind of been on like a weird post Spider-Man No Way Home depression. And it's not depression, let's be honest. But it's a little bit of sadness in that mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm just sad that we're not going to necessarily see these characters on screen again. Mm -hmm. Seeing Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland together on screen, each as Spider-Man, each as Peter Parker's, is absolutely magic literally magic it is so incredible and as you mentioned they did this the fan service properly in the way that they did it it just seemed so responsible mm -hmm. it was just such a, a, a word i would use to describe this movie as well as being incredibly like um incredible in the way that they they know there's no holds barred there's mm -hmm. no expense spared they put all the cast in that they needed to they 
they they hyped it up almost the right way. They ran them out. Surprisingly, this was not a you know Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven situation or Rise of Skywalker hype situation where we're just hyping it for no reason. They did it appropriately, and that's the surprising part. Almost um, is again responsible was something that I would say is a word that describes mm-hmm. the movie. It was responsible in the way that they handled Tom Hardy, and they didn't put venom in it. I think that that was extremely responsible. And the way they did that end credit scene, that end credit scene was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. People were in the audience and the audience were like, oh, what was the point? Did you hear that person? Yeah, I did. I did. And I'm like, <laughs> the point is you, to buddy. not ruin the goddamn MCU with this fucking garbage. <laughs> I was like laughing because I'm like, thank God they did it this way. Me too. And they did it the right way. So that, to the point where they were almost making fun of themselves. Yeah. Like that's Venom movie. That Venom movie is not good. And that end credit scene in Venom Let There Be Carnage isn't great either because freaking Venom licks the TV screen with Tom Holland's face on it. It makes no sense. Mm. Like it just doesn't make sense. So to leave that little piece of symbiote on, symbiote on that table mm-hmm. in that vacation resort is really cool. And the possibilities of that tiny little piece of symbiote is reminds me almost like of like inception with the totem spinning. Like we don't know what that means. That's, that's a whole other can of worms that we don't know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be that symbiote is going to multiply and find Tom Hardy's, um, Eddie Brock in that universe. I imagine like, what do you think that's going to be as an example? I I don't know. I think what they're going to do is that, that venom symbiote's going to actually find Spider-Man. It's going to find Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Go on him. And then eventually, you know, leave, you know, we're going to do the black suit storyline or something. It'll leave him and then either go to, you know, an Eddie Brock, that's Tom Hardy, or a different Eddie Brock, or maybe even like Flash Thompson or something instead. Yeah. And we're not going to get. Yeah, do something different. Yeah, we're not going to get a Tom Hardy Venom and and Tom Holland Spider-Man crossover or anything. That Uh, wouldn't be as good. I I do want to see that just because the two Toms. Would be mm-hmm. great in that Tom Hardy's an amazing actor and that's yeah. the best part of Venom. So to have Venom, who honestly is not a very interesting character to me, I I have to be honest with you. He looks cool. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I really think the most interesting thing and the thing that I really wanted to watch those Venom movies for was Tom Hardy, if I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah, that's, so that's the only that's disappointing thing of not having that happen. But it, yeah. it kind of depends on who the chef is in that kitchen. I'm curious how these... In terms of going forward, who's going to run the next trilogy? Is it going to be someone as responsible as John Watts? How involved is Kevin Feige going to be? Because I think that Kevin Feige righted the ship and he he made sure that this particular Spider-Man trilogy went the complete correct direction almost the entire time. I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say almost. It went the correct direction the entire time. It mm-hmm. is so well done. Those three movies, in my opinion – are in my, I don't know, maybe my top five for Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. Mm -hmm. They are definitely in the top 10. They're each amazing in their own right. And they're each unique and they're not origin Marvel formula movies. Any of them, neither of, all three of them are that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, I I agree with you completely on that, man. And um, yeah, like all three of these are fantastic. And I I would like John Watts to come back if if he has like the vision and want to make these next three movies. But, I, don't th- um, I think he's already kind of said that he's not. So oh, I, I think it might be it, it for him, yeah. which is unfortunate. Well, I hope they find a new good captain. Um, but um, yeah, like real quick, since we were just talking about Venom, um, it's interesting because I was kind of sitting there thinking, 
you know, Dr. Strange specifically says that, hey, like the people are coming into this universe that know Peter Parker, right? And yeah, Tom Hardy's Venom, Eddie Brock, he ne- he doesn't know Peter Parker. But then I started thinking. Good point. But Venom does. Venom does. Because Venom says something in the Venom after credit scene. Then he's like, that I, I remember do you remember when I said something about the hive mind and being like, maybe that hive mind is related to like the all like he he can that hive mind's multiversal or something. I forget my exact right. Word. Yeah, no, that makes sense now, especially like and since he, Toby he Maguire, knows across it lives across multi like uh it lives across universes. Exactly. And the way that it says that it if I were to imbue the amount of knowledge that I have, it would blow your mind. Mm-hmm. He says that to Eddie Brock. Yeah. That and- makes more sense if you think about it as he doesn't know just this universe's information. He knows every universe's information. Yeah. Like, for example, Tobey Maguire's universe. And that's why his venom came over. Yeah, maybe. Or like, yeah, like that, that was my sort of like assumption. Um, and I, I don't know. I just found that very interesting. And uh, again, yeah, like I can't. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah. He just knew his yeah, That makes sense why he would be there. Yeah. I guess if it was connected somehow, maybe that symbiote was from a different universe in the first place. It's possible. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. And I, and I, I applaud Marvel for what they did and, and Sony for what they did uh, with, with this, th- that after credit scene. You're right. It was really good. It was really funny. And I'm so glad that they didn't do. It was responsible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so. Because they could have thrown him in, but it would have been meant nothing to nobody. Like, yeah, exactly. Those movies are not well regarded. Like they're just, they're okay. And people like Tom Hardy in that role. And honestly, to be honest, I have to say when I was listening to the dialogue, I thought it was better, which is so weird because mm-hmm. there's two full movies with Tom Hardy bantering with this symbiote, like Venom creature. And I found that the dialogue was better in the after credit scene in the Spider-Man movie. Than the entirety of the two other Venom movies. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, is that crazy or is that I'm just a little biased because it was on the high of that movie? Yeah, I don't it, know. It felt you like it be. was better though. Yeah, I can I can definitely see like that. They're trying to keep the same flavor, but it's better. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that for sure. But um, yeah, now I guess to kind of like segue off of the Venom portion, we briefly talked uh, about it on episode 77 of Split Focus, how I didn't think the trailer, like like after watching this movie, I didn't think the second trailer really revealed too much. And you said that I was wrong and right. <laughs> I want you to elaborate. I'm actually curious because you weren't really able to elaborate since uh, we would have spoiled it on that episode. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is this. It's definitely – you're right in the sense that it didn't reveal everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. We know there's so much more in the movie that isn't revealed from that second trailer. We know that the villains are in it. We know that we got Jamie Foxx's Electro. We've got, obviously, Doc Ock, who's played by Alfred Molina. We got mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe back in. And they're showing them all in this end fight scene, which was at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. We know all that stuff, but that stuff is not the whole movie, obviously. There's way more. There's way more characters in it, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and, of course, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And that part is, again obvious we didn't know that part from the trailer and we can kind of guess maybe that that was going to happen but we didn't know for sure Mm -hmm. but if you actually listen to the trailer you watch both trailers back to back you realize that the entire skeleton is shown in the trailers the entire skeleton of the movie you could guess the entire plot 
the entire plot, except for those spoilers. But those spoilers are, are details. They're not actually mm-hmm. the skeleton, the plot line. The plot line is this from the trailers. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, people know who he is because Mysterio revealed it. Mm-hmm. He goes to Doctor Strange after realizing that he's imp- impacting the lives of the people he knows in a negative way. He goes to Doctor Strange to ask him to change the universe, basically, to make them not know who he is. Mm-hmm. But he meddles with the spell visibly. And because he meddles with the spell, he Doctor Strange, unfortunately, has to try and contain it. But he doesn't succeed, clearly, because he lets in all these characters, these people who know him. Mm-hmm. And they come in and he has to fight them. But he's not just fighting them. It reveals in the trailer that he decides that he doesn't want them to die. That's in the trailer. Is it? He decides that he's going to be the guy to save them somehow. So now he's on the side of the villains, which happens in the movie at like the midway point to the point where now he's trying to save these people. You can kind of guess that Peter, Par- that the other Peter Parkers might be in it because the villains from those universes are already in it. And we already kind of guessed that. And mm-hmm. we thought it would be stupid if they didn't do that. So that part obviously is not revealed, but we can kind of guess it. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, is Peter Parker, Tom Holland going to lose? No, he's going to succeed at saving these villains. And that's what he mm-hmm. did. The only thing we didn't know is the very end. Uh-huh. And we obviously didn't know about Aunt May. Yeah. But that, those are details that we don't really necessarily need. And the reversal and the beauty of this movie is the way it ends, I feel like. And we can talk about that in a moment. But yeah. the fact that nobody knows who he is is brilliant in that Spider-Man is supposed to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's this character that is kind of poor, honestly, and he doesn't really have a lot of money. He's not Iron Man's protege. That's not something that he is in every iteration. But he's a guy in which um, he specifically is a guy that is, 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 you know, kind of like the everyman who's helping out the small guys. That's the idea. And mm-hmm. they kind of dived into that in Homecoming, but they didn't really do that after that. And uh, because he's always kind of been the Iron Man protege, so it doesn't really work because Iron Man's a billionaire. So the great thing now is that he's completely forgot. Everyone's forgotten who he is to the point where he is just poor and he has to make his own suit. And that's just awesome because it's like you can now go into that aspect of who Peter Parker is. But anyways, I digress. Does that make sense in terms of the way I described how the trailer spoils the movie? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'm just dumb, but I I did not pick up on the whole – or maybe I forgot – but I did not pick up on the whole like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. I got to save these villains and make sure they don't die when they go back to their universe. I did not pick up on He's that. fighting Doctor Strange. It's happening yeah. true. He, you kind of question why he's fighting Doctor Strange, but you, some of it was inferred. But there was this concept. There was a line in the trailer that specifically stated they, they're going to die if we don't help them. Hmm. And it's like, well, what does that mean? That yeah. obviously means you're... It's weird you're on the side of them. Again, it's 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 strange. It's strange. It, 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 I, my point, though, if we're being honest, this is the thing. Trailers are good, but you don't need the excess. You don't need the excess. You need to understand where you cut it off. You don't want to make a trailer and just say, well, let's put 30% of the movie in it. You want to take a, make a trailer based on exactly what you need mm-hmm. for making it popular. That's what you need. Yeah. You don't have to put in the excess, especially if it's a Spider-Man movie. You can tease Willem Dafoe. You can tease Alfred Molina. Having the laugh and having the bomb is perfect. You don't need to have like to tease um, 
Green Goblin. You just don't need to show it. Yeah. It actually it sells it. And then you can, if you want to really tease some more, you can tease the electricity of Electro in another like second trailer and whatever. But showing the even the part where they're locked up in these like rooms, which they did in the second trailer, and having Doctor Strange push Peter out of his body with that box, it was unnecessary. It really didn't need to be there. Mm. Like they've in even in Endgame, honestly, Endgame's trailers didn't reveal honestly anything. Those, those trailers, I would not have guessed what would have happened. I, mm-hmm. I was honestly shocked a lot of the way through. I didn't know they were going to make a time jump at all. There, there was no even any indication that they were doing that. Infinity War was the same way. The trailers for that movie, they literally used a shot of the Hulk, and the Hulk is not in it. it yeah. It's so weird how masterful those trailers were. And then you have this trailer that you just didn't need the excess because everyone loves Spider-Man, but you did it anyway. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can even take the fighting all the villains. You can put that in, but the, the, there was an aspect there. Again, if you watch that trailer back, there was an aspect. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I, mean, I should watch the trailer over again, but yeah. if I remember correctly, I was like 99, not 99, let's say 90% sure that at one point he's like, we need to save them. Like they're going to die if we don't. But because you can see the look on Tom Holland's face that he's, mm-hmm. Acknowledging that they'll die based on his own actions, that they've all been killed by Spider-Man and that we can right this wrong. That's something that is expressed. And you know, based on Tom Holland's character in the other movies that he's going to do that. It's like, it's not, it's not rocket science, but anyway, I don't, I, I, it does not talk too much about the trailers. I just think that you shouldn't do that. You, you gotta, you gotta make an educated decision. Get, you know, get Christopher Nolan involved if you need to find out what his secret is and not revealing things in trailers. Um, or even the Russo brothers. Cause I feel like they did do a good job in Endgame and infinity war. Yeah. I think they, they, they didn't reveal nearly as much as they could have. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, like I didn't see that coming where they're, they freaking destroy Thanos in the first five minutes of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, good point. for Endgame. It's shocking. I was like, whoa, this is something that I did not see coming at all. And um, they did a great job with that. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Was this movie incredible? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it was. If we move on to another topic, I'd just like to say that Willem Dafoe was amazing. And he was used way more than I thought he would. And Mm -hmm. I saw an article. I don't know who initially was by, but it was on IGN like that they quoted some other article where Willem Dafoe was in an interview and he said that he wouldn't have been in this movie if he was just going to be a sidelined kind of Easter egg character. That he really, he chose to be in this character and he said to Amy Pascal, I'll do this role, but I'm going to do it if you let me do the action scenes. And I'm, and I am just all for Willem Dafoe. I think Willem Dafoe might be one of the greatest actors of our age, Mm -hmm. of our time. That's just a great thing to say. And, And I feel like a lot of actors would be like, I don't know. I just think about that Nightcrawler actor who literally said, oh, I won't do this because I'm going to get paint on my face. And like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he was in X-Men 2 and he's like, I won't do X-Men 3 because I have to get painted blue. I don't think Willem Dafoe was like that at all. Willem Dafoe was like, this is fun and I want, it's fun for me to do the action sequences. So as long as you use me in that regard and I'm not just this background character, I'm in. And I think that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they used them so well. The fight scenes are honestly brutal. And it reminded me of Spider-Man 1 because there's a lot of brutality in Spider in the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, definitely. And the way that Sam Raimi like, just like slices people open with knives and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think that like the way he's like busting Peter Parker through the wall. And just like, <laughs> it's just like, like he literally just like slams him through the ground and everything like that, go, like falling down, like through floors. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. He's it's, a super soldier. It's interesting. They they do bring in that brutality from the Raimi trilogy that 
I honestly was kind of shocked to see because I don't think the MCU really goes that brutal, <laughs> to be fair. I mean, to be fair, they did decapitate Thanos in Endgame. But you know what I mean? Like, it just felt yeah. a lot more grounded, um, kind of like the Raimi trilogy did in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Uh... Man, I just uh, loved his role. I loved Alfred Molina in it. I thought that mm-hmm. they just use, it's funny how evenly they use these characters to the point where I was like, none of these characters, there's too many of them. They're not going to use them enough. They're not going to use them enough with screen time that they're honestly just going to seem like Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like they just didn't do that except for one exception. And I wonder if you know what that exception is, Adrian. Are we still talking about the villains or are you talking about... Just in general, a character in this movie that was just completely underutilized to the point where it was completely an Easter egg and there was no other benefit. Matt Murdock being introduced. Yes, that is... If you want to say there's an... Because you said on the episode 77 of our podcast, you said Mm. there was no issue with the movie. That's the only thing I don't really take umbrage with that much, but I do think it's a little silly. That's what I would say in that mm. I thought there was going to be a like a trial or something that he was going to be involved in. There was one scene. He's sitting in an apartment. He catches a brick and he makes a quip. Yeah. That's kind of it. Like, whoa, how did you do that? I'm a really good lawyer. Which is hilarious. Yeah. And honestly, f- fantastic in that we all wanted to see him in this movie. And mm. it's funny because I don't think we talked about it too much on episode 76 of Split Focus, but it literally is in the tagline description of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but it says uh, Adrian and Simon discuss uh, whether <laughs> whether Matthew Murdoch is in fact in Spider-Man uh, <laughs> No Way Home. <laughs> Did you notice Yeah, that that's the first line of our description and he's literally in it, Yeah, which I think is kind of hilarious. And it's awesome. I, I love that. I love that he's in it, but I wish that there was a little bit more of a trial or a little bit more where Matthew Murdoch had a one-to-one scene with Tom Holland and it just wasn't a, a group scene where they're all kind of just making quips at each other. Yeah. Like, that's cool, but there was no heartfeltness. There's there's no, like, where is this going with Matthew Murdoch? Like, where is it yeah. leading? I don't know. I, I, I guess I can uh, see where you're coming from. I am, yeah, I was just happy to see him in the movie. Do I feel like it would have been better if he was used more definitely. But I think just having him there was really nice. And you actually said something really interesting last uh, week on episode 76 uh, about, you know, Hawkeye and Spider-Man coming out on the same week and whether or not it was deliberate. Yeah. And I think you're right. I, I originally was like, Oh, like, no, I think it's just so Hawkeye ends during Christmas, which I'm sure is one of the reasons, but, um, Yeah, there's a reveal in Hawkeye episode five that is directly connected to the Daredevil Netflix series. And then the next day when Spider-Man comes out, or I guess technically the same day Spider-Man came out with the red carpet premiere and in the UK, that there is a literally Daredevil is in it. You know, Matt Murdock is in it. Right. So I I, I do want to give you a big shout out on that. Like that was a really good call out. Thank you. And uh, thank you for noticing. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, And real quick, one thing that we never mentioned when we talked about the Netflix characters being folded into the MCU is that the Netflix MCU or sorry, the Netflix uh, series, they all ended before the snap. So five years have passed. I know. I know. Thank you. That's also something I thought of the other day because mm-hmm. I just watched that last Hawkeye episode uh, yesterday. And I, uh, oh, sorry, yesterday from the day we're filming this. So the yeah. day after we watched mm-hmm. um, Spider Man No Way Home. But um, yeah, that's a, that is a really good call out because obviously Daredevil, in terms of where, you know, 
Kingpin and and uh, Daredevil where they left off, it doesn't really matter that much because five years have passed, and mm-hmm. because there's such a it's a, such a monumental event with the snap, things can change easily in those five years to the mm-hmm. point where obviously, especially with somebody as as resourceful as Kingpin, aka Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's a really good thing you point out because I, I I didn't really think of that. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know why. I guess it just didn't cross my mind. But yeah, I felt really dumb. <laughs> I felt really dumb. Like because yeah, that's what well, I thought of it. I don't know if Ken thought of it either. Because we have, we've been having full conversations about this with Kenneth Sadabauer, the yeah. gentleman who writes into us every week, who's a friend of ours, and I think that he didn't pick on pick it up either, or maybe yeah. he didn't didn't mention it. But that's a huge call out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like uh, it's funny because yeah, I realized it on episode five of Hawkeye because they do this uh, really cool showing like almost another perspective of the snap in that series and when it happened i was like wait one second like that's yeah (laughs) like as soon as that scene happened i was like that's when it clicked in my brain and i was like i know man how did i forget like how how did i how did did we not bring this point up so yeah i I just yeah with that being said the daredevil the the jessica jones those those guys could have been in another universe so Mm -hmm. there's two ways to think of it because we're dealing with multiverse as well yeah but we don't know which way they're going to go. And I think that they could easily go the way of the Daredevil series mm-hmm. existed legitimately. And yeah. we're just five years into the future. Yeah. And uh, these characters dealt with the snap. Maybe some of them were snapped away. Some of them were not. Some of them are back. Or Sorry, some of them are back because they were snapped away. And some of them were in existence the whole time mm-hmm. sitting wherever they were. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great call for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. That was a great episode, by the way, of Hawkeye. Oh, so good, dude. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for it to finish up next week and then uh, we can dive into it uh, more deeply. I I still, quite frankly, believe, based on the hints that have been made and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, I have this feeling that the end of the episode six, there's going to be a reveal of another series. I'm just going to say that as another... Of Hawkeye season two? (laughs) Or... Oh. Let's not say. Let's not say, because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, I don't want to spoil it. We'll talk about it on... On when we do the clo- a closer look, I think we'll do a, cl- on a closer look for Hawkeye. But I think at the end, just like the book of Boba Fett, I think there's it might be a a series reveal at the end of because I was thinking about like what what are the they the series for 2022 almost seems light, and I think that they might have something up uh, else up their sleeve mm-hmm. for next year in terms of another series that they might decide to launch. Yeah, but I could be wrong. So yeah, jumping back into like the big reveals of Spider Man uh, No Way Home. The introduction, again, and bringing back both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, I know we briefly touched on this, was was so well done and so well yeah. thought out and just amazing. And they talk about what happens after those movies, which I really, really loved and appreciated. Yeah, when they're having discussions in like the lab, like mm-hmm. for the science lab and, and kind of after that. And yeah, there's something... Man, the chemistry between these three characters, the the history that they kind of share but don't share completely, it's it's something really magical about that. And talking about, again, as you just said, the stuff we didn't see in like mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man 3 yeah. or, or whatnot that didn't happen. Or yeah, Sp- I know Andrew yeah. Garfield is a huge Spider-Man fan too, and you can see it mm-hmm. on his face, man. Andrew Garfield is just a brilliant actor, and I'm so glad that he got- say. Yeah. Like he he got yeah. the redemption. He he got a redemption. And I feel like 
Yeah. He was like, he, I, I just loved seeing him back on screen and just how amazing he is. And it really made me hanker for an amazing Spider-Man three, which I know we won't get, unfortunately, but I would, I would love for that to happen. I know I'm in the minority. Like I, I, I've always been fairly positive about those amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't think they're like stellar, but I like them. Like uh, I still really like them. Yeah. And I think yeah. Andrew Garfield. I like the first one, but the second one legitimately to me is really bad. Yeah. And I just think Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Spider-Man is, is really great. And I, I even. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, the second one. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Yeah. Maybe it's bad. It's, it's not great. I still like it, but there are these moments in, in that movie, which like most notably Gwen dying. And again, the that was the bad part of the movie though. Oh, I disagree. I I, lo- I love that. Um, and again, the chemistry between it wasn't Andrew done well, Garfield. Man. The shot, the actual shooting of that scene is what it's the problem with that movie. Mm. That's why I don't like it. It's the way it's shot. You don't know that she's dead for sure. I, I just, I, I legitimately did not. Le- I, I was like, are you? I, I think I even rewinded it because I watched it at home. I'm like, was that her dying? I was like, how is this unclear? This is a, a hard thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree with you there. Like, I, I, I immediately understood it, and um, again, like that, the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and you know Emma Emma Stone is is so good, and that him not being able to save her at the end of that movie, I, I remember like watching it in theaters and being like really upset about it, like and kind of sad. And they acknowledge that in this movie, and they give him that redemption, and the scene where MJ is falling from the Statue of Liberty, and he gets to save her. I. I'm not joking. That scene genuinely made me cry. I was in the theater yes. and tears started flowing down my face. And I was like, oh man, yeah. like I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed for crying this much. And there's this girl next to me, like sitting right next to me, literally yeah. sobbing, just like, <gasps> like doing these like deep breaths. Cause she was just sobbing yeah. so hard. I was like, okay, I think we're all in the same boat because it was such a powerful scene. Andrew Garfield's acting in that scene is just top tier you see so much emotion in his face and his eyes are like watering and it that again it's it's what i said at the beginning of this it's fan service done so incredibly well and it made me so freaking happy and god man that scene i i i'm gonna be as so bold to say that it's maybe one of my favorite moments in cinematic history for me Mm -hmm. It was so incredibly well done. His acting is so well done. Honestly, he I feel like he's he's become a much better actor since the Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man movies have been mm-hmm. out. And he was really good in those movies too. But I, I just think that since like I feel like I first saw him in like the social network and then till now, I just feel like he's just become I don't know, he's he's one of the greatest actors. He's just so good and he's he's young. He's got a long way to go. I, I think that yeah, it, it that moment is the best moment in the movie, mm-hmm. but it what maybe one of my favorite move, moments again in again any movie I've ever seen. It's just it's so smart because they did they also they don't just show that scene, they build into it from a previous scene when he's talking about that very moment that happened mm-hmm. to Gwen. I think he kind of calls there's like a callback twice to it. Mm-hmm. And I just man, it's just there's it's so good. I also cried as well. Like uh, it, it was impossible to hold back tears, and uh, I'm unashamed to say that I cried in that scene because it, yeah. it, it it really is beautiful. It really is. And uh, again, I I love when he's talking about again what happens after the Amazing Spider-Man two, and him saying, you know, like I lost Gwen, but I just kept on, you know, being that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because I know that's what she wanted. But I eventually stopped pulling my punches. 
And it's it's such a powerful scene. Again, the way he he just puts that out there and you kind of think about like, oh, man, like he he probably killed people like he probably did stop holding back and just didn't. It isn't that same Spider-Man that we got to see in those first two movies. And again, even with Toby, I really like Toby Maguire Spider-Man. I really love how they reference like, yeah, like me and MJ are together. Like it was it was complicated. You know, we, we had to work through a lot of things because he literally hits her at the end of Spider-Man or like during Spider-Man three. And it's like one, it's a very, very difficult thing to come back from, obviously. And yeah, just the way Toby Maguire talks about it, I was, it, it made me so happy. I'm just like, God, like, why do we deserve something this good? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just, yeah, it's again, it's so respectful and responsible. Again, it's, it's, it's interesting to do it that well. And to really reference things like this, it's, it, I don't know. It's it, They tried to tie up as many knots as possible. And I think, again, you think back to Rise of Skywalker and like how they're tying up these loose ends that were created, but there weren't loose ends. They were tied up net ends that they untied and then retied again. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened here. That was fan service, but in a way that's so irresponsible, it's unbelievably bad. And this was this is the way you do it properly in that you tie up ends that weren't tied up already. Or if they were tied up, you're kind of just tightening them a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that that's the beauty of it is you're respecting everything that came before it. And then you're, all, you're topping it with more beautiful notes. Despite the fact that I don't like Amazing Spider-Man 2, but it retroactively made that movie better, mm-hmm. this movie did. Which yeah. is just fantastic. It's so surprising because I really don't like that movie. Mm-hmm. There are some good things about that movie. Don't get me wrong. I like it. And I do really do like Andrew Garfield's performance. And he's great as Peter Parker. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like there's uh, – it's just not done well. And uh, and again, somehow I'm looking back on that movie right now and I'm thinking it's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like how – I'm not really because I just said it was bad. <laughs> but you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. Like, like, yeah. I'm thinking it's better than it was and I don't want to go back and watch it because I know that I'll think it's bad again. But I, I just think that, that that's – again, that's masterful that you could do that. Again, so good. It's surprising. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Like Tobey Maguire getting like uh, – He's talking about the, you know, how he he killed the guy who killed Uncle Ben or whatever. Um, which actually, wait, did that happen? Because in Spider-Man three, wasn't it Sandman? I'm it confused. was. They did. They did wreck on that. I think he mentions <laughs> oh that, it, that it didn't make him feel any better. Right. But yeah, they did wreck on. Yeah, that I don't Spider-Man think that was 3. the point. The point was that he went after that guy and beat him to a pulp. But yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking. That was a weird moment because I just realized that Sandman was – that was a really stupid choice in Spider-Man 3, also not a good movie. But regardless, the fact that Spider-Man uh, – Spider-Man, Spider-Man, they're all Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man goes in and he stops Tom Holland from you know killing mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's character and then he gets stabbed. Uh, I like that actually. There's only one problem with that. I just feel like that was a little bit unnecessary because he didn't die. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he didn't die though, because I was like, oh man, me don't, too. Like, don't be, don't kill off Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. Like, we just got. I him did back. see that coming though. I yeah. think you probably did too, like because of the Definitely. angle of the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can kind of see it coming, and you know that he's putting himself in that position. And I think he knows that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is going to kill him. Yeah, or, or like going to try yeah. to. And I think that that's the beauty of it is that he sacrificed himself so that Willem Dafoe wouldn't get again. Green Goblin wouldn't be be killed. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, again, it was just done so well. And again, the interaction between the three Spider-Man where 
were what was so good just like oh yeah just the stuff about the web slingers like the the fact oh. that toby mcguire and, and that was a prediction i think there was I, there was a couple memes going around about how uh they have to reference the fact that toby mcguire spider-man doesn't you know he creates the webs with his body yeah it's organic and, and they did it yeah and they did do it they had a full conversation about that it's just which is so brilliant it's, it's so like it was just so funny even like the just the line of like do you make webs anywhere else? You know, just like that line. It's just, it's yeah. so ridiculous. Like, no, just my wrists. And then, you know, them talking I think he's about. like, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I think that's what he said, isn't it? Something like that. And it's like, oh, like, oh man, like I get web block. when, Like when Andrew Garfield's like talking about it, like, yeah, I got to go back to my apartment or like go back to my lab and remake the the webs and stuff. And, then, and like Toby guy's like, oh yeah, you know what? I did have web block, but it's, it had to do with like, emotional stress or something uh, you know it was just these 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 characters that again i grew up on the toby Maguire like spider-man movies i was what like eight years old nine years old when that movie came eight i guess eight yeah eight years old when that that first movie came out and i watched it and you know i watched you're those a young movies. lad you are a young lad so like this was nostalgia galore and yeah again them just yeah. talking about that was so ridiculous and even the the conversation when they're talking about like Oh yeah, like what's the craziest um like what's the craziest thing you ever fought? I was like, oh, you know, like I fought like a alien symbiote that landed from space. I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. And Tom Holland's like, yeah, I fought fought this like big purple alien that was like going after gems. It's like aliens don't go after gems. That's that's ridiculous. And I was like, oh man. And then Andrew Garfield being like, oh man, you guys are so cool. Like I just fought a Russian dude in a rhino costume. I was like, ah, oh, it's it's so funny. And he's like, I'm so lame. And he's like, you're not lame. Yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. Yeah, it's you're like, amazing, which is obviously a reference to the Amazing Spider-Man bit. Exactly. But, oh, man. And then the fact that Andrew Garfield says, I love you, and no one returns. <laughs> They're like, thanks. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's so funny. And again, like. Ah, oh, so good. Uh, my, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it is, dude. I like, I'm just so happy. I feel like there's like these, all these lines kind of bounced around for these characters as well. And they just kind of went with the best options. Like they, mm. they probably spent probably weeks just going over. I just imagine they did. Cause they, they're, they could have done way more cheesy, awful things, but they didn't do them. I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe it's rose color, colored glasses. I don't think so though. I just think that they just made the right choices almost every step of the way. It's, yeah. There's it's so, no, yeah. Like there was no joke that fell flat or, or any, any scene that felt out of place. Like, yeah. They, again, maybe we're riding the high. Maybe there was a few that were a little corny. I'm not sure, but it didn't seem like it. It seemed like the, the again, they were all placed very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, th- that just makes me so happy. But um, I mean, you briefly uh, mentioned it, but Aunt May dying. That yeah. was uh, incredibly heartbreaking. And that is another scene where I where I actually cried. Uh, I, I cried, I think, like four times during this movie, uh, one out of excitement and then three out of like almost sadness. And uh, again, I mentioned the, the one where, you know, Toby, uh, sorry, Andrew Garfield saves MJ, uh, which I guess is a mixture of both sadness and happiness. Aunt May, which dying. again, I would like to point out revealed in the trailer, revealed in the trailer unnecessarily. Uh, Aunt May dying or MJ falling? Ha- MJ falling. Yeah, fair enough. And you kind of have the idea that Andrew Garfield's going to catch her. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. 
which is great. Actually, that may have made people go see the movie, so I can see why that might have helped. But I, I still think it was unnecessary. Uh, just, just saying. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it made one on. of the greatest cinematic moments ever. But yeah, Aunt May dying was, uh, it was gut wrenching. I, I was shocked. I didn't, I did not expect that to happen. And when yeah. she's just talking to him, um, uh, again, I, I couldn't help but just tear up. And she says the, the famous line: "With great power comes." Great responsibility. Which they use later to pull Tom Holland back into the fold, which mm-hmm. is amazing as well. Yeah. It, it was it was brilliantly done. And again, it was just so – it was heartbreaking and sad. And that follow-up scene when he is on the roof and MJ and Ned show up and they hu- hug him as he's like sobbing. Like that, again, I was like sitting there like, God damn it, I'm crying again. I was like, why am I crying so much right now in this fucking Spider-Man movie? Like it's, it was very emotional. Um, Spider-Man is like, I feel like every iteration I've seen of Spider-Man or a lot of them were a lot of the various iterations. He's such an optimistic character, but mm-hmm. ultimately he's mired by tragedy. Like yeah. It just surrounds him in the way that it is. Like his parents leave him at a young age. Uncle Ben dies like at a young age. And Aunt May seems to die in a lot of these iterations too. Mm-hmm. It's like very, again, his girlfriends keep dying. <laughs> I don't know. Like he's no. it's surprising that he can stay this optimistic. And uh, yeah, there's something about the Zendaya in that scene, which, the way she's like, I'm so sorry. And like, she's like, I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's something way, the way she acts that scene. I just, I don't know. I really felt it. She just mm-hmm. did a really good job. Tom Holland did a really good job in those moments too. And that, again, I was shocked that she was killed like Marissa Tomei. Cause I feel like there was more to, to see of that Aunt May potentially. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because we, I think that, I don't know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the first time we saw her involvement with Feast, like the uh, the organization, like the charity organization. Yeah, yeah, I think and, it is. Because um, like we saw her involvement with it, like in Spider-Man PS4, but like in, in a live yeah, action. Yeah, which is an amazing story, by the way. And yeah. I liked seeing that repeatedly. And and she's such a good character in that game. Mm-hmm. She's in, the law, in it a lot. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of wish she was, we saw more of her and her involvement with Feast. And I don't know. Yeah, this is definitely the first time we've ever seen it live action. And I, I agree with you. Like, it, I feel like it was, well, no, they, they definitely touched on, upon Feast in uh, Far From Home because at the beginning, a far from home, remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Spider Man's like the poster child. So yeah, we we did actually see that okay. in uh, Far From Home. Now that I think about it, but okay. I, either way, yeah, like I I would have liked to see more of that. And yeah, I think it's a it's a ballsy move to kill her off, but at the same time, it it makes what's gonna come next even more interesting because, like you said, yeah, at the end of the movie, He's a nobody. Spider Man is a nobody. No one remembers him. He doesn't have. He's not, you know, following in the shadow of Iron Man. He's just, they're going back to that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And he doesn't even have his Aunt May to rely on anymore, which is. It seems very depressing, though. Like, it's mm-hmm. a bittersweet ending. Like, it's extremely heartbreaking. He's got nobody at all. Yeah. Zero people. It, he went from having a pretty great support group to having absolutely no one at all. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of a shocking way to end it yeah even like the way when he goes into that donut shop to, to go talk to mj again 
Mm-hmm. And she, he's like got the speech prepared, prepared, which probably would have done nothing, to be honest. It would have probably been more depressing to see him recite it. But at the same time, the fact that he doesn't and he leaves and then he kind of, you know, takes, you know, the, the first steps into this new, like, poor man's apartment in New York, which probably costs actually a lot because mm-hmm. it's New York. But I, I just feel like, oh, oh, my God, he's just going to live alone in this apartment? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a sad character. It's like it's, he's like he's almost like Batman, except Batman doesn't really have an, enough reason to brood because at least he's got Alfred and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. This is a kid who has no money and no family and no friends. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of depressing and uh, or it's not kind of it's very depressing. And he doesn't brood. Yeah, he's still Come on optimistic. Batman. Pick up your socks, bro. I love Batman, by the way. It's my favorite hero. But I just uh, – Batman also doesn't have any any powers. Mm-hmm. And he gets beaten every night as he beats others. So I feel like it's a little different. But, but anyway, my point is is that it's very – again, very depressing way to end. They just mm-hmm. end. They just go to the credits after that. Yeah. It makes me kind of curious because, um, I mean, like obviously he's going to – he's staying in New York. And they reference that – Ned and MJ got accepted to MIT and are going to be leaving for school. Do you think it's possible that we're not going to get Ned and MJ back in the next three movies? That it's just going to be Spider-Man and they're going to start almost like a soft reboot, like fresh? No, I think he's going to MIT as well. Yeah? Yeah, because he gets in. If they people don't know who Peter Parker is, then he gets into MIT, I assume. Because mm. re- he would have applied. I don't know if he can reapply. I'm curious. I'm curious how that works, but I, I do think he goes to MIT. It's going to be Spider-Man, Peter Parker in college. And then Peter Parker, to afford college, Peter Parker is working for the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Which I don't understand, actually, because what's his name? Who isn't in it maybe as in it as much as I would like? Uh, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson doesn't really run the Daily Bugle. So does he take photos for a crazy man <laughs> who's only who's like an Alex Jones-like character? <laughs> I'm a little confused, actually. Is the, yeah. Does he work for J. Jonah Jameson? Because that would be a weird place to go work for. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. That's the shitty part because he's going to work. Because that uh, the idea of taking photos of himself as Spider-Man, I always love the joke of that mm-hmm. in the Spider-Man universe. And I really do hope maybe J. Jonah Jameson gets a job at a better publication because he because of his like thoughts on Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm curious how they handle that. But I, I do hope that J.K. Simmons is in it again. Yeah, me too. Like, he's just classic. He did a great job in this, although he's just not in it very much. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I would have uh, I would have appreciated uh, Toby Maguire and J.K. Simmons like seeing each other. It would that would have been a nice little wink and a nod. But they would have. Yeah, I don't think he would have known who he was. But yeah, there's just well, like, like Toby. I feel like Toby Maguire's Spider Man would have recognized him, but not vice versa. Oh yeah, that would be cool if he just saw him on the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh that dick. <laughs> yeah, just like a quick reference. It would have been nice, but again. We yeah. got so much. We were we were eating good in that movie, so I can't really complain. It's like, <laughs> what happened to his hair? Yeah, <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, it would have been. Oh man, hire me, Sony. I can write for you. Mm-hmm. Hire him. Where does his hair go? His name is Simon Edie. Hire him. Yeah. Um, I hope they got that from the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, hopefully. Actually, wait. Did we introduce ourselves at I, the beginning of this podcast? No, we definitely did not. Uh, think about it. Oh, that was disappointing. Wow. Well, we. 
We're a bunch of amateurs here. Yeah. My name is Simon Needy, and this is Adrian Pinter. Just so you all know, at the forty-minute mark of uh, of this, a closer look. I feel like we're almost an hour into this, but yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know what else I have to say about like the main movie as a whole. Do you have anything else? Um, what what else do you have in your notes? What else is on your mind? I have some stuff to say about the Doctor Strange like teaser trailer, uh, which is like the after credit scene. But um, okay, I have a couple notes. One is at the very top of my notes, which is funny because we never talked about it. But Ned has superpowers. Ned is a magical being. Oh yeah, he is. Ned, yeah, Jacob Batalon, who does a great job, by the way, in every movie. I love his character. I think I, I also love how optimistic he is. Mm-hmm. I love how much of a nerd he is. I love how he's the man in the chair, which he willingly tells the police officers, yes. which I think is just so stupid, and I love it. He's so great. I love he's how such he, a great character. I love how he tells Tom Holland Spider Man that I'll never kill you. <laughs> after hearing about oh my god what a good moment (laughs) yeah it's crazy that's the other thing to be honest like the the balancing act of this film of the harp like you said this on episode 77 of our podcast but Mm -hmm. the balancing act of the the heartbreaking stuff the the heartwarming stuff in this the comedy the the levity the, the 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 really depressing shit of aunt may dying and like putting that all together in the quips that make you laugh out loud with Mm -hmm. all of the moments of like, wow, I can't believe they pulled these three characters into the same movie and they're talking about where they shoot their webs from. That is a ridiculous combination of things. Mm -hmm. Having Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Jamie Foxx, you even have, they didn't pull any punches in terms of who they invited back to. They had, what's his name? The guy who plays Lizard, who's a great actor and now I'm forgetting his name. Mm -hmm. I'm being stupid. He's also in The King's Man, actually. Uh, he looks like that. He looks like the best part of that movie, by the way. Rasputin. Yes, he plays Rasputin. You know what I'm talking about or not? Yeah. Um, R- R- Rice Iphens. Reesifens. Yeah. Reesifens. I think it's Reesifens. I don't know. Now we're probably butchering his name, but yeah. he's fantastic. And he's fantastic in the, I think, the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. I, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. And they all play off of each other to the point where, again, they're all on screen enough somehow. They had J. Jonah Jameson again. The combination is just brilliant while also bringing in all of the quirks and the fantastic characters that the first two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies did. It's just unbelievable. And then you have Doctor Strange. And that's the funny thing about this. Having all of these characters in the same movie and doing it properly – It's so weird because I hated Spider-Man 3 and I used to say, oh, Spider-Man 3 is not good because they had too many characters. I was like, well, they obviously can do it because they just did it. So I guess the key is creating that kind of backstory and really making these heartwarming moments and making these characters connect in ways that make sense. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the action sequences. It's it's not, you know, I cleaned your father's wounds (laughs) type scenarios. (laughs) Which is just awful. And he died by his own hands. Like, thanks for telling me that freaking 10 years later, you dumbass. You're fired, you damn butler. Anyway. You bitch. Okay. Okay. I digress. Yeah. I love it. I love the combo. Mm-hmm. It's just it's crazy. And then you throw Ned has superpowers. And the way that Ned, by the way, pulls these characters into the same room because they're looking for Peter Parker in the in the universe and he's got he realizes he has the ability to to create portals mm-hmm. and he asks them to come in and you, the audience is 
uh, oh my God, the anticipation of them, the people knowing what was happening with Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man walking toward the frame. Mm-hmm. They knew beforehand and they knew before me for sure. Like I, I just didn't clue in right away. I don't know why I was just, I'm taken aback by everything. So I'm just kind of like, what's going to happen next after Matt Murdoch was introduced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and Aunt May was just killed. And I was just thinking about the ramifications of that. And obviously other people in the theater are not thinking of that because they're thinking Andrew Garfield's about to walk on the scene, mm-hmm. which is this wild. And then he does it again. And Tobey Maguire, we all know he's coming, mm-hmm. but we're all anticipating it to the point where people are are like screaming in the theater before he even shows his face yeah. oh man it's so good that, Tobey that, Maguire in his you know the the youth pastor outfit yeah oh that was a that was a quality line and again yeah even just like Andrew Garfield like showing up and it's like my mom my mom asked if you could get that cobweb in the corner there <laughs> he just crawls over it's again yeah <laughs> he does it yeah he does it <laughs> it's, it's brilliant it's so dumb. and that was like again yeah that the introduction of of those two characters when Andrew Garfield's like coming to the portal that was like another moment where I was just tearing up because I was just so freaking excited my emotions were just at an all-time high I was like oh my god I can't believe this is happening my eyes are just watering out of again pure excitement and yeah, when that happened, when you see his suit walk through that, I was like, fuck, it, fuck yeah. Like, this is amazing. And again, it's unreal. Oh, that, so honestly, good. to be honest, the quirkiness of that moment of asking the, the doing the cobwebs is, I, I feel like reminiscent of the other two movies, like Homecoming and Far mm-hmm. From Home. It, it reminds me actually of the cobwebs situation. He's hanging from the ceiling. He's like, are you serious? You want me to do this? Yeah. And, he, and they're like, yeah. And it honestly reminded me of the, the guy in New York who's like, Spider-Man, do a flip. Yeah, he's the guy on the bus in Shang-Chi. Right, but there's something about the quirky nature of that that's kind of unique to these movies. And it just – I think it's a tribute to Eric Summers and – and uh, Chris McKenna's writing. Like Mm -hmm. I I honestly think – I got to give them credit here because they did all three movies and they've they've pulled in that same kind of theme of this optimistic, just cheerful nature while while really, again, throwing a friggin – warehouse on top of tom holland and he's, cr- he's crying to for help mm-hmm. type scenarios where you can somehow go from these hilarious moments of driving a car when you don't know how to drive and then suddenly moments later be crushed by a warehouse and you're yelling like tom holland's performance by the way in that moment is one of the greatest probably in in that mm-hmm. series if you know what i'm talking if you remember what i'm talking about I, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's just the writing in that yeah it's it's, it's this level of you know that, that that moment in particular was that the moment where I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's just a kid, you know what I mean? And yeah, I feel I like that's kind of what they Brilliant. double down on with those interactions, where it's like, yeah, these guys are just high school kids, like yeah, they they're missing this level of maturity. It's a classic thing. He's just a kid too, like with. They said he's just a kid, I think, in this movie, but they also said it in the first Spider-Man. No, sorry, Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. When he stops the train because Alfred Molina's stock Ock is like basically set the train adrift in New mm-hmm. York. And he's stopping the train and his mask comes off and they, they're all holding him up and they're like, oh man, he's just a kid because his mask is off. And they all agree not to say who his identity, like tell anybody his identity. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just a kid is this constant, constant, I feel like theme of Spider-Man that's really beautiful. And again, even as Aunt May dies and he's crying at the top of this roof, it's like it just got the shit just got real, real, real fast. Mm-hmm. Like you're almost playing games with this concept that you could save everybody. It's a good thing that Aunt May believes in this as well, that this was a good plan because it really wasn't a good plan. Mm-hmm. If you think about what they're trying to do, you should have just sent them back. Yeah. Doctor Strange was kind of right, honestly. Like, their fate is their fate. Just send them da- back, and Ant-Man wouldn't be dead right now. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. It's uh, interesting. Though, if I was going to say any criticism of this movie, though, I, I said the Matt Murdock thing is a criticism. It's not really. It, it's just a. It's just a thing that you know. It's great. You just want more. Is it necessary? Yeah. yeah, you want more. But the one thing I would say is that the it's a little bit flimsy in some plot elements. And the main plot element that I'm talking about, and it kind of reminisce like it's not reminiscent, but it's uh, it cascades through the rest of the film, is the the moment at the beginning with Doctor Strange and Peter. Parker, where he's asking him to cast the spell. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, and this is something my girlfriend said before, as the trailer, the first trailer aired. She was like, How, what kind of a terrible wizard are you if you cannot cast a spell without somebody distracting you? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of true still. And I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a huge flaw or huge plot hole, but I do wonder a little bit like, you casted this spell, but why did you cast the spell? Why didn't you cast the spell? And I saw a meme. You might have seen the same one. Why is it that you wouldn't just cast the spell of just erasing Mysterio from the face of the earth? Why isn't everyone just forgetting who Mysterio was? Because if you if you forget who Mysterio was, do you not forget who Peter Parker was? I don't think so. Well, who told? Because like people still know Spider Man. Like they, they still know of Spider-Man. They just don't know Peter Parker. But they wouldn't know who he was. If 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 Mysterio never existed, could he have told the world that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? Mm, yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's an interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. not how it works. But I did see that. And I, I, I my my thought process with this was, wasn't there a better way? Yeah. Did you, why would you try to do this first before you, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to poke any holes because I, I, I do think that, it's still a light, lighter movie, mm-hmm. and uh, well, they even acknowledge that. To be fair, in in the movie, because like, you know, like Doctor Strange is like, you did, like, you didn't just talk to MIT. You asked <laughs> me to cast a spell instead of just talking to MIT. And he's like, I can do that. Yeah, like I thought this was the last resort. Are you a five year old child? You're supposed to be a bloody kid genius. You built yeah. like web slingers. You freaking idiot! <laughs> what are you doing yeah. here? Get out of my house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. They, they made it into a good quip, but I do wonder if there was a better way to do this. Stephen Strange just seems to be taking too big of a weird risk instead of thinking it through. Doctor Strange is literally a genius. The man is known to be a genius. That is his thing. He was a, he was a world-class surgeon, and he learned and picked up and read to, like 30 books in a week in order to become the uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. So you have to wonder like what? And he's not what anymore. By technicality. And he's not anymore. That's true. Yeah. This is a funny reveal. Yeah. I, uh, I, man, I can go on about this forever. And Me I think too. I might have one more thing just before we go. Oh, this is the last one. I think this is the best thing to end on in terms of a thought. These guys are such good liars. They're such good liars. Am I right? Adrian. Why? Andrew Garfield lied so many times. Yeah. <laughs> He, he did. He uh, again. There, I saw like a funny meme. It's like Andrew Garfield deserves an Oscar for his performance of pretending not to be in Spider Man, like Far From Home uh, yeah. or No Way Home. God, bad naming structure. That you know what? That's the flaw of this movie. Bad naming yeah. structure. Uh, yeah. The only flaw if we're gonna nitpick with, tiny little yeah, things. That's the only thing I don't like yeah. about it is a goddamn name. So confusing. But uh, yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> like again, Andrew Garfield just dodging that it was relentless even tom holland man tom holland sucks at this or at least he did as a kid like when he was younger he sucked 
He would reveal every single thing, every plot point, he would reveal it beforehand. And he did not do that here. I, I don't have an instance of him revealing the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield there in this movie. And he was asked multiple times whether that's the case. Andrew Garfield, though, honestly was on the press tour for like two other movies, Tick, Tick, Boom and uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, in which I hadn't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, but apparently he's really good in it. And he obviously is amazing in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. This is the year of Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. honestly. And the guy just held up so well. It, it's crazy because he was asked point blank by Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon. I think it might have been Fallon. He was asked in like a in an interview. He's like, "Is this real? This this photo of you walking with Tom Holland or something?" And he's like, "Which photo? I don't know what photo you're talking about." And he's like, "Oh no, no, I know what photo you're talking about. It was a Photoshop." And I kind of thought, is he lying right now? Because he could be easily lying. But the way he shut it down so quickly, he just. Man, it would have been so much stressful to be in his position. He is the guy who was in the position the most. Mm-hmm. He did such a good job with it. I have to say, oh man. And he, I just, you can see how happy he is to be in this mm-hmm. movie. And when he says, I love you guys, I really think that he, he does it. love them. Yeah. He loves that he's in this. I, I, oh God, when they hug at the end and they're saying goodbye, it's just. Oh man, it, it just reminds me of that moment where he says again, "It's a Photoshop." It's yeah. just—it's just so good. He's just—he his heart was in it completely. And uh, man, he should—he should win an Oscar for his performance mm-hmm. on Jimmy Fallon's talk show. Because <laughs> honestly, yeah, for every interview he's been in, I'm sure he yes, could make he a compilation. So many. That- Eve, oh, look, man, Matt. Not just him. Charlie Cox was in an interview. We talked about it on mm-hmm. our podcast. Yeah. He specifically was asked whether he would be Daredevil. And he's like, oh, well, whatever iteration it might be. He, do you think that he practiced that in the mirror? Because that was brilliant. That was a great <laughs> answer. A great answer. Probably better than the Andrew Garfield one. He said, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, if they were to bring Daredevil back, if we were to bring Matt Murdock back, like even if it was me, it would maybe be a different iteration. We don't even know what it's going to be. People may not even like the iteration. And they bring back him in the exact same way he looks in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. In the exact same way in this movie. Yeah. He's just sitting there across from Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, the, one of the originators of the freaking MCU. Mm-hmm. And you got Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and he's wearing the same red glasses he's wearing in Daredevil. Yeah. It's the same thing. He oh that was an incredible performance by him for sure. He I should agree. win the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> nominated for you know best talk show appearance. Uh, Charlie Cox and Andrew Garfield. This yeah. is unbelievable. I'm sure that. there's a bunch of others other moments because we were we were kind of like looking over these things like with a fine tooth comb. We've been hyped up for so long and oh, it's just so brilliant. I was a believer from the start, Simon. I was a believer yeah, from the start. Yeah, you sure were. Well, you know what my thing was, uh, Adrian. It's just um. If you keep your expectations low, you'll never be disappointed. Ah, that's a good callback. That's a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And and I, I wonder actually if that's a joke that they made in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke they're making Maybe. right from the beginning of the movie yeah, is they- that they're basically saying you should keep your expectations low. And yet they're doing everything everyone ever wanted. Yes. Every single thing was done. <laughs> what did they not do except for Tom Hardy's Venom, but they still put him in the end credit scene. Damn and they it. did it perfectly. <laughs> Like again, yeah. I know. For me, it's perfect. I'm sure other people were disappointed, but honestly, please, if they put Venom in it, it would have been disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing they maybe missed out on was Mysterio because that would have kind of rounded out the mm-hmm. Sinister Six, but uh, I'm good with it. Anyways, Adrian, we digressed for too long. You wanted to talk about that Doctor Strange end credit scene. Yes. Um, 
And so let's do that just before we wrap up here. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. I, that that it, that was a straight up teaser trailer, like a full on like teaser trailer, like a couple minutes. And I'm sure they're going to release it online. But the most interesting thing about that, to me at least, is remember when we were watching What If Simon, yeah. and I made the statement they're going to bring these characters to live action, and you were like, "No, that's that's stupid. You fucking idiot. That's never going to happen." What? And <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was right. I was right in that Doctor Strange trailer. Evil Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange that destroys his universe. That is him. That is the animated Doctor Strange in that universe. We also see a brief, very brief, like second of Captain Carter. I'm pretty sure that's the what if version of Captain Carter. We are getting these what if characters in live action. Sorry, when did we see Captain Carter? In that in that brief trail, it's like literally for like a half a second. You just see. I her. did not see her. Yeah, she's it's she's friggin- in it. very brief. Haley Atwell. You don't see. You see her back. You see her back. So I, you just see a woman, and it, it has like a like the the shield. Oh, you think it's her? You think it's her? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But again, the the main one. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I don't understand though. You said this. Yeah, I said this when we were reviewing What If. When I was like, I don't really like. We it. both said this. We both talked about this together. Yeah, why are you taking full credit for this? No, because you you said no. They're not going to just bring in those characters without like reference. Like you, you said that. Oh, they are going to. Re- they're going to reference it subtly, but it's not just going to be that. Okay. To be clear, what if the animated series What If is like an appetizer, and the movies and the live action? What I was saying was they're the main course. They will create their own backstory, maybe based on What If but give a backstory separately for these characters. But I don't think the audience is required to watch What If to understand the MCU. That was my point. Well, we don't know yet, but all I want to well, say we don't, let's, is they're bringing well, it in let's, and let's, I was cool, right. Cool your jets, bro. Cool your jets. I was right. <laughs> okay. You're not right yet, but yeah, that's a good callback. Yeah, for sure. You did talk about that. No, that's crazy though. The Dark Doctor Strange, like dark, the darkest timeline Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. Doctor Strange. The dark, I don't know, I like the, the darkest timeline community reference, yeah. Doctor Strange, with his, like a darker version of his like goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this movie as well, like a Spider-Man No Way Home is a perfect buildup to that movie too. Mm-hmm. And it's again, directed by Sam Raimi, who I'm sure had a say in the way that this Spider-Man movie was built, mm-hmm. just because he was kind of the insinuate, he was a starter of, of the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know it's, it's very exciting for sure. You, yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens with this, but I do think that they're going to do some kind of a back background. They're not going to just introduce it like, oh, this is just a character. They're going to do something. It's an animated show. They're not. They're not just gonna, it's like. For instance, I'll give you a good example. Okay, give me one. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has characters like Ahsoka Tano, who's specifically in the other shows. They're animated, but they introduce the characters. They're not just putting their, her in. They are doing some backstory a little bit. They're not just saying that she exists. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I guess. I don't remember. Like, I don't really remember how they explain her appearance. Like, I don't think you and I are very well-versed, well-versed in Ahso- Ahsoka. Like, yeah. We don't know her that well. Yeah. Right? Like, again, I've only seen a few Clone Wars stuff here and there. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not super into her. But I think any background that they would need to give to make it clear what the character is, especially in this new series, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to say this happened. It's not like, for instance, even in the Kenobi series, they're going to be like, they're not going to like reference 
they, they might reference something that happened in Clone Wars, but they're going to definitely, any context they need to give, they're going to give it. That was kind of what I was saying. I don't know. Maybe that was kind of assumed. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, okay. It's, a, it's an interesting call. It would be cool though if Haley, Haley Atwell's in it. I think it is. I think she is. In the new multi, like multiverse of madness. I'm, I'm sure they're going to release that trailer online within like the next so like, couple the weeks. The one question I have, I think going going on about all of this this multiverse of madness and everything like that how does it connect to the loki show that is a good question what, what is it like why did the multiverse suddenly exist like what broke it down in this way that's what i'm not understanding like it's broken the, the floodgates are open for multiverses right mm-hmm. or the multiverse the universes the multiple universes how did this happen multiverse i dr strange didn't just do that by they're gonna exp- maybe the idea is not the time to explain it in the Spider-Man movie. It's the time to explain it in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. They gotta address Loki having broken that, broken that floodgate, right? Like, yeah. Well, like, uh, I mean, it's already been confirmed that Tom Hiddleston's gonna be in uh, Multiverse of Madness. You so. said that before, but I don't. When we. we- are you reading? We got this cover. I do not remember that. No, we, we literally had this exact conversation because you said that, and then you looked it up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, he is in it." We had this exact conversation. Who son. said that he's in it, though? Like, who reported it? I mean, like, who reported on it? I forget. Tom Hiddleston, um, Doctor Strange. New leak reveals. Is that what you're talking about? Like, that's not necessarily true. Like, you know, who wasn't in the Spider-Man movie? Kirsten Dunst. That's true. Or Deborah Ann Wool. Maybe there was maybe there was cut scenes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of rumors about it, but that is not a thing that we know for sure. Yeah. But oh wait. Collider. Let's see. Oh you were right, I think. Yeah. Okay. I swear to God we had this exact conversation on a different episode. Hold on, hold on. The Hollywood Reporter. That would be the one that yeah. it's like I swear to fucking God we had this conversation. The news was revealed during the finale's mid credit scene. When? I don't know. Do I have to go watch the mid credit scene for the Loki finale? Because I do not remember that at all. Yeah, me neither. That's what I'm saying. Like they got this information from the show, but I don't remember this. Did we not? Maybe we didn't watch the mid credit scene. I don't know. If that's the case, sure. Okay, fine. That would be awesome because that that actually would make sense because they got to tie that in because we have to understand where where did this break happen because he just wasn't casting this random forget spell and then he broke a multiverse barrier like where, I don't think that that's the idea I think that that's why he starts to panic and he goes to find Wanda Maximoff because he's got to yeah. get somebody more powerful than maybe even he is to fix it I don't know but yeah that that trailer looks great I'm very excited for it very curious to see where they go with it cool we got a lot to look forward to oh yeah. We do have a lot to look forward to, but is anything going to get close in the near future to that Spider-Man No Way Home movie? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. But there's still a lot to look forward to, Yeah, which is great. Okay, Adrian, I think we've ran the well dry. Mm -hmm. I think we've got enough. We've said enough about the Spider-Man No Way Home, not far from home, movie. And uh, I'd like to give you the, a moment to uh, say any lasting thoughts that you might have before we wrap this A Closer Look episode up. Um, Really, just the last things I want to say is I'm just beyond happy that we got this. And uh, again, pretty much everything that I said at the beginning of this episode is is the way I feel at the end of this episode. I feel like we don't deserve something this amazing, and I'm so glad we got it. And uh, I, I'm I'm just fucking so happy that we got this and it was everything i wanted and more and fuck yeah just fuck yeah it was amazing 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, I feel like I said my piece. I had talked for a long time on this episode. And uh, yeah, Adrian, yeah, like I want to see it again. I, I said too. that before. I think I said that on episode 77 of our podcast. And I, I, I must say that I, I would like to see it again in theaters if Omicron allows. If the Transformer COVID variant allows, I, I would love to go see it again in maybe a less packed theater, a safer environment. So I can really take in all the mm-hmm. little quips and and uh, so you know little moments of me uh, bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you very much for listening to this a closer look bonus episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Thank you, Adrian, for joining me. Good night and good luck. Thanks, Simon. Take care. Goodbye.